Hello everyone and welcome back to episode 103 of your favourite Formula 1 show. Knowing Wheel returns this week out, of course, to look over the antics from the Bahrain Grand Prix. And of course, as always, just like the last 102 episodes, I am not alone. I am joined by the North's second fastest go-karter. He's moving down the ranks, slowly but surely. Jamie183, how how are we doing, mate? Um, I, who's better than me? Who, me. Who, are you in the North? Not right now. Well, exactly. There you go. I'm number one. Sort of sweet. Sorted. Yeah, I'm good. I'm, uh, yeah, sleep deprived and watched the race very late, but we're here. Uh, and I watched it on Channel 4, effectively having not seen spoilers. So it's real, kind of. <laughs> Still sounds pretty real to me. I won't lie. Yeah. Um, but of course, you know, as always, before we get into that, though, a bit of general housekeeping for you all. If you're watching on YouTube, there will be timestamps linked down in the description, as always. So you can fast forward or go back, or if you just want to sit back, you know, relax, grab a drink, listen to us in the background as well. Of course, there will be links to Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Of course, you know, we cannot thank you guys enough for the continued support, and we're really, really excited for more Knowing Wheel here in 2023. But, Jamie, pre weekend. Of course, five minutes after we finished off the Bahrain preview show, we spent ten minutes of that podcast talking about Felipe Drogovic's debut. And we're not joking, genuinely, five minutes after we finished recording that show, <laughs> Lance Stroll confirmed he would be racing. Yeah, and it turns out he actually had a broken toe as well. Um, yes. So three broken bones that were not, I guess, not fully healed. So fair play to him for racing, but I guess when the car is second fastest supposedly according to Alonso then uh you probably would rush your recovery but yeah it was classic irony of recording anything that's gonna have quite a short lifespan on YouTube and then it's got an even shorter lifespan when the one of the main things you talk about is suddenly obsolete it's immediately wrong (laughs) I reckon then Jamie I I think we've now got to start trying to tempt fate here (laughs) I cannot believe Max Verstappen has decided not to retire from Formula 1 yeah, I think it's crazy that, uh, that Fernando Alonso announced he's going to race in, in Saudi Arabia. Yeah, crazy, crazy, isn't it? <laughs> Are you suggesting you don't want Alonso to race in Saudi Arabia? Oh, I think I, I love him. He's great. Keep him coming. So surely you should be saying that he's not racing in Saudi Arabia. I can't believe Nico Hulkenberg said that he's uh, not moving to Red Bull to replace Sergio Perez. There you go. See, now you're getting <laughs> it. Um, but yeah, of course, you know, we were. I think we were all a bit surprised, weren't we, that Stroll was racing. Of course, there were a couple of safety concerns early on in the weekend. You know, could he get out of the car quick enough? Um, you know, it was still obviously that thing, wasn't it? The footage of him going down towards turn one, uh, where obviously he was having to bring his hand off the steering wheel, which I've now learned as well. I do at every corner, so apparently I've broken my wrists uh, and I didn't yeah, realise. Yeah. Of course, not in a real Formula One car, but still, uh, besides the point. Um, but practice, Jamie. You know, we we hyped up Aston Martin, or a lot of people had hyped up Aston Martin. I think we both were quietly reserved, weren't we? We I was thought they'd be expecting close. better arrest, but I wasn't expecting anything necessarily more than that. Neither of us really wanted to say more than that, did we? Because mm. a not not really did either of us. I don't think fully believed it. Uh, and B, of course, the other one would have given them so much stick when they turned out they were only best of the rest. Yeah. But now we've kind of ended up with both with an egg on our face, haven't we? Uh, because, you know, second fastest in FP1 and pretty much max- matching Max Verstappen on race runs was Alonso. Fastest in FP2 and fastest in FP3. There suddenly was this sense of belief going into qualifying of 
oh my, could Aston Martin actually do this? Are we looking at Braun 2.0? We were thinking the uh, the fight for three world championships back in 2012 was going to make its return, where one of the drivers is still the same. Yes, yeah, <laughs> so, 10 years um, later. Yeah, 11, 11 years. Yeah. Crazy stuff. But yeah, everyone was getting very much on the Aston Martin hype train. I was, yeah, I still thought that at least Red Bull were going to turn it up when we got into the competitive yeah. stuff. Yeah. And I kind of thought Ferrari would still be second, which I think ultimately they would have been, um, obviously, hypothetically. But yes, very good stuff from Aston generally. Yeah, I mean, incredible, of course, all weekend, which we'll discuss a lot more as we go through. But, you know, there was kind of this weird balance, wasn't there, of course, because we we still had, you know, the likes of Alpine, who were weirdly, quietly confident um, about everything going on. Uh, but, of course, where winter testing and the first race weekend was all at the same venue, and, of course, you know, it's not a track that is likely to get any rain or anything like that. There was kind of that weird thing between we knew roughly what the order would be like, but there were still bits of it we didn't want to believe. And, of course, <laughs> the first real indicator you get of genuine pace is, of course, in qualifying. And, I mean, it, it wasn't long before Ferrari did Ferrari things, but I think two minutes into F, into F, uh, sorry, Q1 was sooner than any of us expected, wasn't it? Yeah, slightly. Uh, I actually missed the first... 10 minutes of qualifying so you're going to have to talk us through it because I still haven't seen it because it's not in the highlights either so, uh, so yeah what happened Charles Leclerc one of the first drivers to go out on his first run in Q1 uh, I think he went out on a set of medium tyres if I remember correctly and basically you know it was kind of just it looked like it was just get an installation lap in get a decent time on the board uh, he comes out of the final corner to start his lap and it's always quite difficult to describe because I don't know if they've actually got a proper name or not but the inside of the wheel cover that is like in front of where the brake ducts are or just above it the bottom half of that for seemingly no reason just falls off and lands on the racing line so a very short red flag I do wonder I guess yeah I was going to say I wonder if they could just put effectively a VSC out no point is there in qualifying there is no point in quality when you pause the clock so yeah interesting stuff for a Ferrari's car self-destructing before they even turn it up to full at all so yeah good start for them but their pace throughout the rest of quality was was okay and obviously it was a very minor issue so they just fixed it was it they, was it on the wing so or did they actually have to fix it uh no so they put a new one on basically oh fair. um okay. of course that whole sort of guessing it's connected to the brake system uh, so of course they just took that whole one off or what was left of it and just put bolted a new one on yeah fair um, so, but of course, uh, that, that was the on. only red flag, though, luckily, in Q1. Uh, but I mean, you know, I think always the first race of the year is always interesting to see, you know, who's where, you know, whether winter testing has told some porkies or things like that. Um, but no major surprises, I suppose, out in Q1. Magnussen, Piastri, De Vries, Gasly, I think, was probably a bit gutted in his Alpine, qualifying last. Mm. But it's got to be said, I think a shout out is due to Logan Sargent tying Lando Norris in the Williams car there, but gutted for him. The fact, obviously, he set the lap time after, uh, which, of course, meant he was out in Q1. Indeed. And why don't we go to to a, a what would it be, a thousandth? No, a, a ten, ten thousandth. Yeah, five decimal places. Four decimal Cause, places. Four, because they do an IndyCar. car. Yeah. Uh, so clearly the technology exists to be oh, able to you, track cars. You could go nearest. down as far down as you wanted, sensibly. Basically, yeah. <laughs> you could go down to eight so, or nine, I would have thought. Because it... 
it's not like a common problem, but it happens at least a few times a season when people are eliminated by 0.00. But it doesn't normally happen when they're eliminated, does it? Mm, we, we do get true. ties, but it's not often normally like that. But when the whole grid is split by 1.2 seconds at the end of Q1, there's I chances... Think there, there it's not as impossible as we think. There isn't much reason why they shouldn't, is there? Yeah. I think is kind of the point now. Of course, yeah. IndyCar do it in a slightly different way anyway because they measure it on your speed, uh, the way they do their qualifyings. But... It does beg the question, doesn't it, nowadays about why don't Formula One shift to four decimal places? Or, yeah. of course, you know, whether if you do get a tie, then they show you then the four decimal places. Then they look at the place. fourth, yeah. Um, but it's one of those things where, of course, you know, you can only go so far where you're just splitting hairs. Um, yeah. But it is one of those things, of course, where I guess you've got to play the game. Because for all we know, Sargent did actually do a quicker lap time yeah. other than Lando yeah. Norris. But I guess they've kind of got to draw that line somewhere. They usually have to draw it somewhere. We know what happened. Nothing. Yeah, is well, they'll do it to four decimal places, and, someone and then tie. someone will tie that, <laughs> and it'll go down to five, and so on and so on. So I think just keeping it at still, whoever does the lap first is fair. But I think four wouldn't be too ridiculous. No, no, not at all. And straight into Q two then, and uh, again, not I wouldn't say not many surprises really. I think Norris getting as high as eleventh, I think was. Quite it was a positive to him. surprise, yeah. Yeah, because uh, obviously he was fifteenth in Q one. The car was probably second or third slowest over the course of the weekend. So to qualify eleventh, just on the brink of the top ten, really good stuff from Lando. And we obviously know that he's a top driver. We've said that many times in this podcast. Um, so yeah, pretty good stuff to beat both Alphas in twelfth and thirteenth, and then Snowder and Albon as well. Although Albon didn't set a lap time, Snowder's lap time was about two seconds off. So I think he didn't have any. I didn't want to use a new set of tyres or something. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was kind of really Norris and the two Alphas who were trying to get into Q3 and didn't. Um, but one man who did get into Q3, which I was very happy about, was uh, Nico Hulkenberg. Here we go. Who, Here we go. Yeah. yeah, the, yeah. The, <laughs> you have to give him some credit on this one. Did very, very well to get into Q3 in the house when his teammates in, what, 17th? He's a fantastic so, qualifier. I'll give him that. Nico he's always Hulkenberg. been a very strong qualifier. Shame he, he can't do it when the points are available. Well, can't is a strong word. <laughs> it's the accurate word when but we look at the final results. I think the Haas is very poor in its tyres. I think they knew that in pre-season. So I think that'll be a common theme of both drivers, Hag- uh, Magnussen and Hulkenberg, <laughs> doing uh, very well or more well in qualifying than they do in the races. I but ship Hagnussen. Hagnussen. I reckon that's the couple to be for 2023. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll see. But when we get to Monaco, Spain, those kind of tracks where you can't overtake, that'll be helpful. Sorted. So, yeah, podium at Monaco. No, not podium. Uh, sixth place at Monaco. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, as we look, though, of course, into Q3, though, you know, we still had you know, the likes of Alonso, the likes of Charles Leclerc. I think there was still kind of this belief, wasn't there, that Red Bull were going to run away with it uh, in qualifying. And often they were fastest. But it was by enough that you believed, you know, if someone got that worldly of a lap in, they could make the difference. And then mm. we get into Q3. Verstappen sets the pace on a 1 minute 29 point something. Charles Leclerc does a 1 minute 30 exactly, which was quite impressive, but horrendous looking on the graphic uh, when they were doing the race <laughs> grid rundown because they just had 130 and didn't do the rest of it. Did they not? No, they just put one colon 30. It looked awful. That's funny. It's like 1950s timing. Exactly. And then Perez and Alonso inside the top four. And then Ferrari continue to do Ferrari things. And despite the fact that Leclerc's one-tenth off pole with a fresh set of soft compound tyres, they keep him in the pit lane. They just don't send him out again. I think 
actually, it's a bit of a more discussion for, for later, but I'll, I'll do it now anyway. I really think they're overcompensating a bit. They're like, right, we have a new strategy guy. Let's do all of the really fancy, complex things that a strategy could do, such as saving a set of tires in Q3, such as doing a double stack for no real reason. Just It's almost like laying down a marker of, like, we're a serious strategy team. Woo, now. look at us now, yeah. Yeah, and actually... Well, especially the qualifying one. The double stack obviously didn't go wrong, so I guess there's nothing wrong with it. But it was kind of just doing it for the sake of it, to be like, look how good we are at strategy now. When actually, was it a good strategy? I think Leclerc definitely could have been ahead of Perez. This is the thing, isn't it? Because Ferrari did say why they did that, of course, was they weren't focusing on Red Bull this weekend. They they were genuinely just worried about Alonso. But if you're only a tenth away from the Red Bulls well. after the first runs why aren't you focused on them you're Especially a tenth away just go Leclerc's for it the biggest attribute as a driver is probably the fighter running Q3 Le- Leclerc I'd still say is a better qualifier than Max Verstappen probably yeah I would agree with that and yeah it was very bizarre I kind of it was almost like the new strategy guys trying to impress the bosses and be like wow look how much new stuff we're a serious team now but yeah, it bizarre. was a little pointless Bizarre, but that of course then meant that Verstappen, you know, they he improved, went down to a one twenty nine point seven, which was a mad lap uh, mm. in the end. There, Sergio Perez joined him on the front row, only a tenth away. Let's yeah. not forget, it Sergio Perez dominant. was very close. It wasn't uh, dominant qualifying. on Saturday from Max. Leclerc was probably quite lucky that Sainz didn't beat him, and then Alonso mm-hmm. went four thousandths quicker than Russell, and then he and Hamilton were covered by half a tenth. Uh, with Lance Stroll ahead of Ocon, who did pretty well, actually, uh, in the Alpine there. And Nico Hulkenberg DNF'd Q3, apparently. <laughs> yeah, he'd uh, used up all his tyres, I think, to get there. So, didn't get a proper go at it, unfortunately, but yeah. Well, there we go, then. That set the grid for Sunday. Both Red Bulls, both Ferraris, and then the Aston Martin ahead of both Mercs, followed by his teammate. And things almost got incredibly dramatic, almost immediately, didn't they, Jamie? Mm, indeed. The run down to third four... Uh, Alonso I remember got... before that oh even one. before that yeah Perez and the Ferraris were incredibly close I was yeah it could have been a horrific accident really because if one of them cars touches the other side pod could be flips and all sorts and you're running second and third on the first lap and it's like wow that could have gone wrong but thankfully it didn't um, but Perez did end up losing out to uh, Leclerc for P2 Verstappen was just on his own at the front um, basically summed up the whole day really unfortunately uh, unfortunately for the spectacle of the race at least um, and yeah the Ferraris both had to go at Perez Perez was able to hold on to P3 uh, but it could have gone really badly wrong well honestly for me watching that down towards turn one there's one race to describe what could have happened there Singapore 2017 Two Ferraris mm. squeezing a Red Bull. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah, it indeed. could have been identical. Yeah, definitely. And we, I think it could have been worse, probably, because it was a lot higher speed now as well than it was then. Um, yeah. But, yeah, thankfully for their sakes, it didn't. Uh, but the rundown to Turn 4 was probably equally as dramatic between uh, a set of teammates with uh, Lance Stroll battling for P9, I believe, with Ocon. No, um, it was battling George. Oh, was it, P8 was it with Mercedes? For yeah. P7, sorry completely missed his braking zone it felt like almost like just jumped on the brakes way too late and then maybe it was a knock on effect from having messed up turn 10 on the formation lap I'm not sure but um, yeah he just completely missed his point of braking and 
rammed his teammate. I'm so surprised that those two were able to both carry on with no issue because the it was a big hit in turn four with Alonso kind of cutting under and yeah. Stroll sending it from so deep. Well, I think this was the thing, wasn't it? Is don't get me wrong, incredibly lucky that they both got away with that the way they did. But it just again is one of those other instances where you just see that difference between an instinctual racing driver and a decent racing driver or yeah. a racing driver because of course basically obviously what happened was Stroll hadn't actually broke late looking at it in all honesty he would have got that car slowed down absolutely fine the problem was he panicked and whacked on so much steering lock that then of course the tyres can they don't really like to turn and brake that much at the same time if he just kept the steering straight he would have got it slowed down absolutely fine and even you know, he might have been able to get a run on Alonso, depending on if he got bogged down battling Lewis still. Mm. But it was just the fact he panicked, and like you said, was so lucky because it. My winter prediction of Alonso meltdown at Aston Martin could have happened immediately <laughs> in the yeah. first race of the year, because of course then we had the rest of the afternoon Alonso asking the team whether someone got a penalty for it, and of course they're just going, <laughs> "Stop talking to the boss's kid like this." Because yeah, obviously yeah. he thought it was uh, George that hit him. Yeah, yeah, and I guess he wouldn't have known. And it was quite a big hit. It cost him the position to Russell, didn't it? Um, yes, yeah, was, on the exit. He was behind Hamilton already, battling Hamilton. And then the exit was so poor because he was busy not trying to spin out that he could have easily, yeah, lost more than that. But, uh, well, he ran seventh for a bit at the start of the race. And eventually, yeah, it did start making his way through. But he was kind of the mo- main talking point, really, wasn't he? Uh, Alonso yeah. for the rest of the race. Pretty so. much, it was what most of our eyes were on mm. right, most of the afternoon. I mean, it was. I was quite surprised as well to see people pitting as early as they did. Uh, Lewis Hamilton, of course, was the first one of the front runners to box at the end of lap thirteen. Uh, whilst you know that battle between George Russell though and La- uh, Fernando, sorry, again, was brilliant to watch. And again, mm. it goes to show my argument: Formula One want to create a better show for people. Start telling the drivers they have to give each other a car's width on corner exit. That's how yeah. you get good racing. It's so yeah. simple still. It's how the races, the battles go on for more than a corner. Because exactly. if not, you're just on the inside and you shove him off and you're you done. Barge like, him out and you take the place. Yeah, yeah. This I don't get how the FIA haven't made this the rule still. Yeah, and it's it's interesting. But I was very, very excited when later in the race where Alonso started battling Hamilton because those two are probably the last of the generation of drivers who actually have some respect for each other yeah, yeah so yeah that was a very big spectacle for the rest of the race but alonso racing anyone is always quite fun to watch yes so yeah. see him in action at the sharp end of the field was lovely to be honest it is a weird feeling of course because you know you get those occasional flashes where he's been at the front but it really for us does just hark back to our childhood, doesn't it, Jamie? Yeah. We yeah. haven't watched Alonso consistently battling at the front since we were 13 years old, <laughs> which is mad to think yeah. about. Absolutely insane. But, of course, you know, we, we had the first round of stops, and, of course, the thing is with Bahrain as well, you know, they had changed the DRS zones this year. Uh, they had made them slightly shorter, which I did think made things a bit more exciting. But, of course, you know, it's still quite an easy track generally uh, to overtake yeah. on. Hats off as well, though, quickly, because I think it got very quickly forgotten about. Bottas actually mm. jumped both Fernando and George Russell early on in the race, and that Alfa Romeo throughout the first stint was looking quite racy. It was, it was. It was... Uh, I want to kind of say best of the rest, because if we're going to lump Aston with the top three, we might as well. Because, mm. yeah, he was never really challenged for that 
effectively ninth place well well what you would usually be ninth if there weren't any retirements uh so yeah kind of very similar to last year where he's he's just doing the business in Alfa Romeo at the start of the season yeah so fair play he had a little uh little experience of p6 for a little but I think the, the Alfa Romeo doesn't really hold he a should not be the fighting there no. No. no exactly no. I mean he was very quickly jumped again by them but the fact yeah. he was close enough to go for it uh, yeah. was quite impressive um, of course the other big question we had early on though in the race was you know everyone had gone soft or hard apart from Red Bull they went double mm. softs which made me start to wonder was everyone else planning a one stop and Red Bull were two stopping um, but the answer was no Red Bull just had much better tyre wear than everyone and completely ruined it because their car was yeah. also quicker than everyone. <laughs> yeah, and it was a bit ominous, a little, when the, uh, like, I don't know, I was watching Channel 4, so it was kind of like a bit cut up, more cut up than a regular race live. Um, and every time it cut, it was just Verstappen was another three seconds clear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which was like, okay, here we go. 23 races of this, let's get ready. Um, but yeah, I, I was, I didn't, wasn't able to follow much of the pre like practice news that much but the mediums just weren't used at all which i no. thought was a bit weird no they um, they had the pace of the hards and the tire expectancy of the softs they were yeah. useless this weekend yeah so it's a bit weird from prelly to maybe they got that wrong or maybe yeah they could have gone a i think like, like everyone in. says so isn't it Bahrain's just such a weird track yeah it's true um for that sort of thing uh, but I guess you know we we obviously you know a lot of the time we were watching the battle at the front of the field, but there were there were a few other things going on. Of course, first big one uh, was Oscar Piastri having to retire from the Grand Prix uh, with an electrical failure of some sort. We're still not one hundred percent sure uh, what that is even now. But McLaren were just having a meltdown, weren't they? We thought last yeah. year's opener for them was bad. This one was on another level. Yeah, completely. And yeah, I think it's a it's a real problem. I mean, barring obviously we saw last year it's not a very strong track for them um but if they can't get it fixed quickly they're going to be dropped by the likes of well, alpine aston martin they'll hope they'll be alfa romeo i'm not even. sure alfa romeo yeah i think the blessing for them is because we kind of have or it feels like certainly from that one race we've got a big four is that really those teams are scrapping for scraps like ninth and tenth you potentially, so, potentially, yeah. So, like, it won't. The gaps won't get that big in the midfield at all, if it does stay like that. But obviously, Aston or Mercedes could be rubbish at other tracks, and then you suddenly you're back to how you were before. But we shall yeah. see. Well, we'll see, we'll see. And of course, you know, we spoke Oscar Piastri to retire on lap 18. Lando Norris was having to come in every three or four laps or so uh, later on in the day because uh, the car kept running out of air, which is always yeah. good classic uh singapore 2017 for hulkenberg on a full podium yep uh we love that but yeah it was a real basically a testing day for for norris after the first hydraulic problem also a testing day in more ways than one for uh, esteban ocon <laughs> who had an absolute mare oh where i mean where do we start with this one just a comedy of errors wasn't it from out yeah yeah it was, i i am not an ocon fan it was i don't think he has many to be fair no no, but the what the he got a penalty for being out of grid spot. Yep. He then picks up damage on lap one. Yeah. So at the first pit stop to serve the first penalty and change the front wing, one of the mechanics puts his hand on the car 0.4 seconds early. I thought he was unscrewing it long before then. No, to no. be honest, I watched a, there was a video on F1 channel today. It was half a second too early for one mechanic that nice. then gave him another penalty. Yep. 
and he had to serve the first penalty again. Yep. And then on serving the second penalty, he sped into the pit lane and got another penalty. Got another penalty for that. <laughs> I mean, I'm amazed he's actually leaving Bahrain without getting a race ban, to be honest, with everything that went wrong there. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't know if he gets penalty points for any of that. But if he uh, he into... will only for the speeding one, I'm pretty certain. Yeah. And even then, it's probably only one penalty point, I would have thought. Or he might just get a warning. Uh, yeah, this is uh, not the quiz, but last driver to get three penalties in a race? Past Malinano, Monaco. Indeed, but it was Hungary 2015. Yeah. Oh, was it Hungary 15? No, he got four at Monaco, didn't he? He got four at Monaco in 11, when he crashed 11, he deliberately yeah. just swiped Perez in practice. <laughs> just swiped Perez in practice <laughs> yeah. and just went on a rampage all weekend. Good times, yeah. <laughs> good times. But of course, you know, there was still battles going on towards the front of the food. You know, Max was kind of Harry Potter meme waving off into the distance. Yeah. Um, but of course, from the start, Perez was still behind Charles Leclerc. Uh, but like we mentioned, of course, you know, Red Bull did a double soft stint early on, which meant lap 26. Perez also did the Harry Potter meme uh, to Charles Leclerc. So, of course, we kind of had the Red Bulls running away with it. We had Leclerc looking pretty comfortable uh, in P3. Mercedes and Aston Martin were still having quite a good battle. Mm. Um, I've just noticed on my notes that I put Lance jumped Stroll, uh, but actually oh. he jumped Russell uh, was what I meant to look for. Um, but then, of course, you know, a bit later on, we started getting feisty Fernando Alonso again. Lap 37, as we mentioned a minute ago, him and Lewis started deploying the battle. And this is what you've got to watch this year. Because did you know, Jamie, if you're a Sky customer, if you press the red button, you can watch any of the 20 onboards. I want to know what button it is to stop them telling me that every two minutes. I reckon it's Jensen. I hope it's Jensen. Uh. If it was Jensen button, perhaps I'd be tempted. Um, yeah. But... That's if those two are near each other on track. That's the battle you want to be watching in 2023, and they Definitely. did have a couple of very good battles, didn't they? They did, they did. And Alonso, basically making his way from seventh to ultimately third, was spoilers. A big story. Yeah, sorry. If you well, if you got this far without seeing the race, then what are you doing? Uh, <laughs> yeah, his battle with Lewis was really, really good. They were. Did, was this the one they made contact on? Was that that was? They, they never made contact. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like Fernando doing switch facts all over the place. Lewis being wise to it, leaving spaces where he had to and then not where he didn't have to. Excellent stuff. Really, really good spectacle for the sport. And those two going at it, I could watch. I could watch all day. <laughs> yeah, they do. And I think it's that thing, isn't it? Because, of course, there's this very fine balance that only, I'd say, Lewis and Fernando have got. Of course, of that generation, like we mentioned earlier, about the old breed, they still have race and respect. But of course, you know, it's also not difficult to forget. They don't like each other still. No, they will no. absolutely try and get one over on the other anytime they can. And of course, yeah. sadly for me this weekend, it was Alonso getting one up on Lewis. Yeah, yeah. And hopefully that's a common occurrence throughout the season, but we shall see. Uh, I do think the Aston, certainly in Alonso's hands, was probably the stronger car than the Mercedes. Alonso this said it was the better car, to be fair. Yeah. Um, but it was really really great battle so hopefully they're similar paced all season and it's uh we get plenty more of that yeah but uh, yeah. we shall see yeah and then of course we come to lap 41 we forgot to mention this actually uh during the intro to the race but Charles Leclerc had already taken new components he'd taken a new energy store and i think it was a new control, control. electronics yeah. ready for the grand prix lap 41 ferrari do a ferrari and the car stops working and what failed his second energy store so yes. he's broken two of those in the first weekend of the year 
and you get two of those all year. So there's a very good chance heading into Saudi, he's already got grid penalties. I think the first one was precautionary. So they could go back to it, but then there's no reason if it's the same component, why wouldn't it break again? So it could be a race to 10 place grid drop, <laughs> which is just ridiculous for engine penalties. I mean, um, it's yeah, very, just very Ferrari. Very I mean, it does start to beg the question, isn't it? How long will Leclerc put up with this? <laughs> Well, he's into, what, his sixth year with Ferrari now? Fifth. Oh, it's fifth, fifth year fifth, with Ferrari, yeah. which is about as long as a Ferrari driver's lifespan is with the team. The sanity uh, will only dictate you go that yeah. far with Ferrari. Yeah, so obviously it was unfortunate for him, but he was only on for third place, and it's a long season. So the pace was there. He obviously performed very well throughout the weekend, but it was quite funny, so <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was worthwhile. Yeah. It was funny in the way sort of painful things are, aren't they, sometimes? Where you can only sit yeah. back and laugh. And we're not even Ferrari fans, but I mean, the thing, I think the thing that got to me as well, of course, was he wasn't really going to challenge Red Bull come race day, but no. he also was the only driver that could have challenged Red Bull. Sainz was a bit in the middle of nowhere. Alonso probably, I'd say the Ferrari car is still quicker than yeah. the Aston Martin. Um, but it just, you know, Leclerc was the only one sort of keeping Red Bull honest, wasn't he? Throughout the most of the Grand Prix, or at least yeah, Checo yeah. anyway. That's why it was just a bit frustrating. Um, lap 44, though. Yuki Tsunoda, this one I didn't see live. Quality little Doval overtake. Doval overtake? Double overtake uh, on Joe Guan Yu and his new teammate, Nick DeFries. Yeah. He did comfortably put DeFries away this weekend. He did, he did. And I think took us a little bit by surprise I think the AlphaTauri being so slow was not a huge surprise to us if you watched last Monday's or last Tuesday's video but yeah he did well unfortunately not score a point in the end but he did it was a good overtake on Joe and De Vries I think helped by De Vries not stopping under VSC so was on hard tyres that were very old um, and Joe had stopped for softs about five laps before the VSC uh, which kind of screwed him over because he looked lost out on a cheap pit stop uh, but yeah, good overtake from Yuki, and uh, yeah, difficult, uh, difficult weekend for them as a team. But eleven, I think did he finish eleventh at the end. I think yeah, eleventh. Not bad going. It could be his best result of the season, based it on might the, well be. the car pace. But we'll, we shall see. I don't think the Alpha Tauri was that bad this weekend. To be fair, it's probably bottom three, three or four though, wasn't it? What teams? Yeah. Yeah, but you had McLaren doing nothing. Yeah, and then every other yeah. team was pretty. I mean, once you get out of the big four, Jamie, there's only six teams left to choose from. True, true. So bottom four yeah. isn't actually that bad. <laughs> um, but of course, yeah, the last real on-track battle, the last real excitement we had, of course, was the battle of the Spaniards. Carlos Sainz, who looked up to Fernando Alonso throughout his childhood, uh, and this is one of those ones where you meet your childhood hero and he punches you in the face because <laughs> yeah. Alonso just absolutely whooped him. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I think we could all see it coming. Sainz was not really on it at all or on Sunday I don't think it was just um, one of those weird races wasn't it from Carlos Sainz that you see a lot where he kind of just goes missing and yeah. you never really find him yeah and he's just sort of there and if he had got a podium it would have been quite undeserved uh, but yeah it was it was kind of a no man's land race which is why I think we strongly believe that he won't match Leclerc over the course of a season which I think is why everyone believes that just because he is a bit like Bottas used to be at Mercedes, where, yes, he'll pick up the odd good result, but a lot you of remember, races he'll just, yeah. he'll just be in the middle of nowhere. You remember those races where he matches him, 
but there's a lot of races where he doesn't, and that's why Bottas yeah. would lose a world championship with four or five races to go mathematically. Um, yeah. But, I mean, there was obviously a bit of contact, though, between Sainz and Alonso at the top of the hill. Again, though, that was Alonso. You know, he was absolutely ringing everything out of that Aston Martin. Yeah. But there were a couple of lucky moments for him. There were, there were. Um, but, of course, yeah, got the switch back on Sainz down the back, or down the support pit main straight and obviously moved himself up into P3. And, of course, Hamilton was still watching this battle, but, unfortunately, his tyres pretty much went off at the yeah. same rate. Carl the Alonso moves on Sainz and Hamilton, by the way both excellent well the one on science was DRS pass the one on Hamilton though I will give but him credit was a good down little move to turn 11 you don't see them very often eh, not, it's not uncommon particularly this weekend especially mm. when the car in front locks up through turn 10 yeah um, but of yeah. course yeah that meant that come the end of the Grand Prix 57 laps worth of racing it was Max Verstappen who took the win about 11 seconds wasn't it clear uh, 12 seconds pretty much ahead of Sergio Perez there Alonso 38 seconds back not really a great look. Ominous. For I think Red Bull turned their engines down as well. Yeah, to, to start the year. And, of course, Sainz another 10 seconds behind him ahead of Hamilton. Stroll did actually beat George Russell, uh, which I yeah, think Russell... Not might, great from George, I don't think. Russell might... Well, the thing was, of course, Russell moaned at Hamilton on the radio. I mean, he needed to hurry up on, like, lap 10. And then we never heard anything from him again as he just went backwards. Yeah. Um, but Bottas, you know, like we said, a very, very good result by him. Uh, Gasly, though, probably actually, to be honest, I know we're jumping the gun slightly... One of my drivers of the day, from the back yeah, of the road up to ninth, he did do a fantastic out. job and you know wasn't far away from getting the jump on Bottas as well. A couple of good moves, well. one on Sonoda was very good yeah. on the outside turn one as well. Exactly, exactly. And another one who definitely deserves a shout out, Williams, 10th place to start the year and Sargent mm. was in 12th, not far behind. Yeah, definitely. And obviously they're boosted up a little by the retirements further up, but still, that's very, very good. I think Williams, Promising. if you offer him a point, yeah. They'd have absolutely taken it. So Alvin starting the season basically as he left off last season, just kind of being there to feed on the scraps. And Picking up exactly the prizes when you can. Picking up on those points. And of course, you know, we we, we gave Nico Hulkenberg a special shout out in qualifying. Fifteenth uh, come the end of the race behind Kevin Magnus. He got damaged. Someone someone hit him. He, I think it was he hit Ocon at turn four. He hit Ocon is what happened. Ocon turned across him. Yeah. I think he was kind of putting his nose somewhere it didn't belong, to be fair. Probably, yes. Uh, and also, after the Grand Prix, I don't know if you saw this, Hulkenberg also received a 15-second time penalty for multiple I track think... limit violations. Oh, well, I rate that. <laughs> <laughs> That's big. So, you'll be pleased to know, he, he only beat out Lando Norris, who was two laps down, uh, and Joe Guan Yu, another driver you're a big fan of. Also, Joe Guan Yu, I, found, I want to actually highlight this because I don't think many people saw it. Uh, Gasly had the fastest lap at the very end. Yep. Joe, I think, was running 12th. Yep. Um, so Alfa Romeo pit Joe to take the fastest lap off Gasly. Yep. Because obviously they are hoping that they can battle Alpine throughout the season. It's a sensible choice. Thought, it was, it was. And I, I actually rated that because I feel like a lot of teams would have just missed it and not bothered. So Joe did get the fastest lap. So there we go. And I think this is the good thing as well, of course. You know, that's a promising sign um, that, you know, midfield teams can go for fastest lap. Which I yeah. quite like the idea of Especially as well. when Red Bull have turned their engines down. <laughs> yeah, it makes it a whole lot easier. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, it's, it's a fine balance, isn't it, Jamie? I mean, a lot of people are already saying, you know, the season's over and things like that. And I think we always respond to that going, yes, don't get me wrong. We want to see fights for the win week in, week out. But there's a lot of enjoyment elsewhere around that grid. You know, we could see a titanic battle between Ferrari, Mercedes and Aston Martin. Yes, it'll be for who also gets on the podium alongside the Red Bulls. But, 
you know what? We've gone through some pretty boring Formula One seasons before. We might end up going through another one this year. It's what yeah, we yeah we thought this at the time in 2021, but we were treated so well that year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that like actually F1 isn't like that very often, which is what makes those years so special. Yes. Yeah, and I think so this, this is, kind of this is what we're going to yeah. find over the next couple of years, isn't it? That a lot of fans that did come in through 2021 are going to be very disappointed because <laughs> yeah. there's a lot of years the where things are a bit a, dull. A hundredth win in 2027. <laughs> oh, don't, don't. Not what was that? Win number 36. Win number 36, I thought was insane. Yeah, because he's what he's now 18. Close to Senna. Well, Senna had 41. Yeah, he is, isn't he? That's mad. Yeah. A long way off Senna's poles, though. Yeah, true, true. Senna was a Saturday merchant, so. Senna, the, the uh, thing was, I always <laughs> find mad about Ed Senna was, of course, he took all those poles, but it was only in the space of like a hundred. It was like a hundred and twenty Grand Prix. He actually had a yeah, chance of getting pole in. Yeah. It was like a fifty percent odds he was just going to take pole at a weekend, which is kind of yeah, bad. But crazy very, stuff. very off topic. Very. And speaking of uh, drivers topic. who, yeah, have less world championships than they deserve fewer world championships sorry okay uh fernando alonso took the 11th was the 11th different driver to take a podium for the aston martin slash racing point slash force india slash midland slash spiker slash jordan team okay there are 10 more drivers okay i haven't got a time it yet uh you've got a minute to name them beginning 10 drivers who've got a podium for that team yep. since 1991. Yep. Starting now. Damon Hill. Indeed. Ralph Schumacher. Mm-hmm. Heinz Harold Frentzen. Mm-hmm. Sergio Perez. Lance Stroll. Good stuff. Esteban Ocon. No. No? Okay. Um, obviously, Hulkenberg never did. How many is that, sorry, already? Uh, you've got five left. So you've got five. Oh, I thought I'd done more than that. <laughs> um, let's think. Early 2010s. DeResta never did. Obviously, Hulkenberg never did. Um, trying to, have I left one out from like the 90s or the yeah. early 2000s? Well, there's one that carry on. There's one that carry on. Okay. <laughs> no um, hints. 20 seconds. I went so strong there at the start and I've fallen apart immediately. Uh, I've already already mentioned Stroll, Ocon. Ocon didn't. Um, Perez. Five seconds. Oh, I can't believe I literally I just came into that so well and just fell apart immediately. The overconfidence has done you in. Let me just clear my mind for a second. Let me try and get. Were there any from like the like twenty tens, early twenty tens? Oh nine. There's one. Oh yes, Sutil. Of course, I remembered him as well. Physicella. Sorry. Physicella. Could have never got a podium. Yeah, yeah. Physicella. Physicella. Uh, one, one from 2021, which is quite amusing. <laughs> oh, yeah, Seb did. And yeah. I even remembered that one when I when you were telling me the question. Oh, dearie me. Yeah, and then the other three are quite difficult, but uh, 2005 US, which is a bit of a Oh, yeah, here we go, yeah. <laughs> Narain, no, not Narain Kutkin, Uh The Portuguese guy, Tiago Montero, of course. Yeah, Montero, and then the others are from 92 or 93, I think. Uh, for thingy for Jordan for Rubens Jordan. Barrichello oh yeah he did didn't he and uh, Eddie Irvine the other one so ah, they were quite yeah. hard but you definitely should have got Vettel and Fisichella I should have got Vettel <laughs> and Fisichella you're absolutely right and like I said when you were going through the question I remember remembering those two um, yeah. but completely yeah. forgot about him when we got into it I panicked under the pressure <laughs> under the high stakes well, pressure 
probably an easy one of my easier categories and you flopped yeah 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 yeah. right jamie (laughs) let's head over driver of the day i think there's a few that we can mention isn't there but there's probably one that everyone's gonna say yes uh pierre gasly was no i yeah, I will actually give it to Gasly because he did very well. Uh, no, I Alonso think Gasly did do an incredible job as well. Uh, but I think we're all saying Alonso up still. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, Verstappen well. deserves a shout out there. Um, and also, I think Alex Albon deserves a shout out in Definitely. that group as well. But yeah, it's either Alonso, I think. But Gasly probably also uh, did a fantastic job there. You know, he could have come from last to finish best of the rest, uh, to be completely honest. It wasn't far off, no. Come the end of the afternoon. And I think Bottas as well probably deserves a bit of a shout out. Uh, you know, four points on the board for them. F1 Fantasy. Mr. 183. Of course, we've only got one list to go through this week uh, because, of course, there's only one race so far. I did okay, I'm going to say. I, I did okay as well. So, yeah, my team was very different to what I announced on Thursday, as I said it would be. Uh, but, yeah, I think it was quite easy. Who did you change easy. out then? Who did you put in your team? Oh, I can't remember what I had. Basically... I ended up wanting Leclerc, which was a mistake. Um, so I had Verstappen and Perez and Alonso at one point and then swapped out Perez for Leclerc, which meant saving money elsewhere. Um, and I also wanted Red Bull instead of Ferrari, which I did, which Fair meant enough. my second, I had Hulk and De Vries, which wasn't great. Fair <laughs> enough. How many points yeah. did you score then? How many points did I score? How do I actually get there? Uh, go in your teams and go pack uh, completed. They've changed oh, F1 fantasy good. around this year. It's very annoying. Uh, I scored 235 points. Yes! Yeah. Yes! I think I was screwed of it by having Leclerc. If he had not, if he had finished third, I would have done way better. I oh, beat go. Jamie! <laughs> I actually, it's looking back... It's a marathon, back, not a sprint. I actually had a mad team this week, looking back. Like, it was only Hulkenberg that screwed me. So, of I course... budget anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah, I had Verstappen, who netted me 70 points... Hulkenberg who lost me a point same here (laughs) Gasly who netted me 20 points oh yeah fair and I had Perez and Alonso so I had the entire podium podium. and I had Red Bull and Aston Martin (laughs) yeah so yeah same here I think that's it's going to be a very very strong template this year of Verstappen Alonso Red Bull Aston Martin and then people are going to choose between Perez and Leclerc I am very very happy with that I think to be honest if I binned up Hulkenberg and put Albon in I could have been right up towards the front, looking at it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, but a long way to go, and we're not nervous yet. We've also just gained three teams since I refreshed F1 Fantasy. So if you haven't nice. joined, get yourself in, please. Uh, <laughs> By no the looks one, of it, a lot of people haven't joined. No one plays <laughs> F1 Fantasy this year. We had nearly 5,000 members in last year. I hyped this up, and we're at 780. Get yourselves in, please, if, you, if you're one of the six people still playing. Globally, last year, there were about 4 mil. Four million more than teams that, I think. And now yes. there's 1.5. Yeah, no one's it's playing like, why? this year. Yeah, it's a dead game. It <laughs> is. And they've changed it around as well, so I think there was a lot of potential. Um, a lot of confusion. So, Jamie, the top team this week was basically my team, except for they had Zhou Guan Yuan instead of Hulkenberg and Strollin instead of Gasly, and he also tripled Fernando Alonso. Yeah. Which was I don't get how Alonso has got more points than... Verstappen. Oh, he got drive of the day. There's a point. There's points for drive of the day. Is there? All right. Alonso's staying all season then. Yeah, he's going to get absolutely <laughs> mugged for that. So 377 points would have been our top score this week. And that goes to Cry Milton Formula One. 
uh, which of yeah, course I absolutely name. love. Um, Mobile Leg 17, just seven points back. Uh, basically the same roster, except for they had to freeze in ex- uh, instead of Zhou Guan Yu. Uh, Vleur Steel ahead of Sea Eagle and Valtteri. It's James rounding out our top five. Uh, we're tied, actually, with SL yeah. Motorsport there. Where are you currently then, Jamie, in the league? Uh, out of 780 yep. teams, I am 274th. So I'm, you will obviously be ahead of me. I'm 100th. Tied. Nice. I will actually wow, take that play. if I can finish the season in the top 100. And I've just found well, my favourite team. Someone has called their team Jam Strolly Poly. Nice. I like that a lot. <laughs> that is brilliant. And someone I've noticed had called their team Might Do Bad, and it was identical to mine. So that's yeah, not helpful. Yeah. Clearly someone saw my preview and thought, no way am I going anywhere near Matt's team uh, for this season, which is probably wise, because come round four, Jamie will have already jumped me again. Yes, indeed. And speaking of things that I'm going to beat you in. Yep, uh, <laughs> that was a fantastic segue. <laughs> Thanks for that. We shall move on to F1 predictions, which I'm just too boring to be to make it fun. Yeah. So it was entirely possible that I start the season with 8 out of 8, but then uh, Ferrari screwed Leclerc. So I only got 6 out of 8. But you know what? I'll take it. <laughs> Still better than my 2, because Ferrari screwed me and Leclerc probably wouldn't have got pole, but it would have been nice if he did. Um, so say he had got pole, I could have been on four. You would have been on four, uh, and say he not retired, you would have been on six again, uh, and I would yeah. have been on five. Instead, Jamie's still on six because he put Red Bull at the front, and I'm on two because I just got Verstappen winning. Correct. Yeah, and it, I you were egging me on to get Alonso or put Alonso yeah, third. Yeah, I could have. Oh, you could have got all six. <laughs> you could have got all eight. Sorry, I could have done, but but you didn't there. I Final didn't. thing though, Jamie, race rating. Out of ten, what are we saying? Barrain Grand Prix. A lot of people have said it was a bit mid. Um, it was all right, wasn't it? It was. I okay. would give it a six and a half. Okay, I thought when you were going to say it was okay, you were going to go sort of a seven or so. Um, not far off. I'll I'll say a seven then. Often I'm a little bit more optimistic about these things than you are. We should keep track of this, and then we are. The year we've got a category. We are. We are. This gonna, is the best race. We are going to have a defining race of the year come the end of the season, which won't get screwed when Hamilton wins one and I give it 14 because I will be in control of that chart. <laughs> you get double points, one race. <laughs> yeah, you get to boost your favourite Grand Prix. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, the Bahrain Grand Prix, an, an interesting season opener. Could we be in for the greatest championship of all time? Probably not. But there's still potential somewhere. You know, there's a lot to look out for over the course of this year, Jamie, nonetheless. And I think it's still going to be, you know, 23 exciting races to carry us through the all new year. Maybe twenty two with Spain there. But... Well no. New track. <laughs> true, true. Give it give it a chance. Give it a chance. Mexico then. Mexico, fair enough, yeah. Um <laughs> but I don't think we've got anything else to go through then, Jamie. Of course we will be back next week then, ready to preview uh the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix. But as always, I'd just like to say thank you to you for joining me. Um No worries. Yeah, we've done it. Race one, twenty two to back. go, ladies and gentlemen. Knowing Wheel is back, Formula One is back, Red Bull are back. We can't wait to see you again next Tuesday.